There's uh, no more balloons, I'm afraid, for the... Uh... <laughs> Some of you look a bit disappointed, so okay. Well, <laughs> I'll do a few. Uh, I love doing balloon animals, balloon hats, but my favourite is balloon vegetables. This is balloon vegetable one out of 25. That's a leak. <laughs> balloon vegetable two out of 25, if you wouldn't mind holding that for me. That's a runner bean. <laughs> I think I'll stop there. Is that all right? Shall I stop there? I, I'm really excited to share this morning about I am the way because we need confidence to know that. Each one of us, whether we've been a Christian for some time or we're new to this thing, we need to know that Jesus is the way, that somehow we would be filled with that confidence. And throughout the week, leak. Sorry, some of you don't like balloons. Sorry. To leak out with that confidence. That what we've got is so good. That people need to know that Jesus is the way. In a life of uncertainties, this absolute truth of Jesus is the way where everyone around us lacks that, we can show it. So, uh, before we look at I'm the way, I, I want to share with you some of the things that I do. Uh, I work for The Light Project. We're a team of people who love to reveal Jesus in prisons, hospitals, streets. I spend a lot of my time in pubs and cafes, and I serve a city centre chaplain. And uh, we also run a lighthouse cafe down the road in, in Great Gransden. Uh, this is me a few weeks ago. I took her madge out for a little... She wasn't happy. Um, Sunday morning, Ruth was away visiting her dad, so the children joined me. And we had some fun, and we gave out lots of books. In fact, Beatrice gave out most of them. Uh, The books on the life of uh, the Queen and her faith. But I love it when people get it. You see, some people got it. I love showing the I am sayings. I don't know if you can guess this one. This is a Sunday morning. I had hundreds of loaves of bread sliced up. And uh, we wanted people to know of the man who said, I am the bread of life. We also had, on the things that we're giving away, we had something, uh, a really awful phrase. It was, Jesus is the best thing since sliced bread. And no one got that at all. I think it's a very old phrase. People are like, what what is this sliced bread? What's this? Uh, I wonder if you can guess this I am saying. This is a Sunday morning. What's that? The gate. gate. So I bought an eight-foot farmer's gate, put it on the top of the car, set it up in the middle of the street. And next to it, I had a once upon a time, there was a man who said, I am the gate. Whoever comes through me will enjoy safe pasture. So I encourage people to tie wool to the gate as a symbol of that. Uh, People saw something... And we're able to connect. Uh, what about this one? This is something we did on a Friday, visiting shops, uh, some of the team. It was actually Black Friday. 
and we wanted to bring something. I am the light. We just bought some light bulbs and visited shops and said, we got a light bulb for you. Why? We want you to know of someone who says, I am the light of life. Nine times out of ten, people said, who's that then? Who's that? And we're able to tell them of Jesus. I love it when people get what I've got. And I hope this morning you will have the confidence to be able to know that Jesus is the way. We're going to look at five lessons from the scripture. I am the way. The way to what? Well, a trouble-free heart, the way to heaven, the way to the Father, the way to know the Father, and the way to a life of adventure. So, let's start with a trouble-free heart. Right at the beginning of the reading, Jesus says to his first friends, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Well, believe in me, he says. Trust in me. And trust also in God. Jesus is the only one who can give us a trouble-free heart. In Philippians 4, 6 to 8, Paul reminds us of the most beautiful truth. If you pray about anything, anything, if you let God know what's going on, something's going to happen that you can't get your head around. You see, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is going to guard your heart and your mind. It's going to guard your heart and your mind. And I hope that you have experienced that peace that you can't comprehend. You can't work it out. Yet Jesus is the only one who is the way to that trouble-free heart when we're able to let him know what's going on in our lives. Let him know everything. Secondly, Jesus says... I am the way to heaven. Jesus goes to prepare the place, he says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Great. Because I go to the place. What was this place? He says, oh, it's my father's house. Well, you see, my father, he's got loads of rooms. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you to come and live as well. And what he was doing, he was unpacking the cultural significance of marriage. Um, I've written some books, and my, my first book, it's a bit of a shameless plug here. My first book, Smack Heads and Fat Cats. Uh, I would have called it, How to Be Really Good at Sharing Your Faith. But no one would have bought it, so I had to be a little bit creative. <laughs> but I write in there, it says, I write this. When all things have been wrapped up in this world and Jesus returns once more, there will be a massive wedding party. We don't have to worry about whether we're invited or not because we're the bride. The Bible declares, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made himself ready. Jesus did something quite amazing with his first friends, all of whom were blokes. By saying that he would go to the father's house, prepare a place for them, and then return and bring them to their new home. This is what a groom in Jesus' Jewish culture would do for his bride. Jesus prepares a place for us. Jesus isn't 
a way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth, the life. And I hope that you would have confidence in the gift that you've got this morning. The gift that Jesus is the way to heaven. I do meet, um, met, I meet so many, it's just great, I love what I do. As a, a Baptist minister, I'm ordained as an evangelist, so I get to hang out with people who wouldn't usually come along to a service most of the time. And uh, I get to meet so many people, and as I talk with Faith and I talk about that this isn't it, I meet people who say, oh yeah, I hope so. Heaven? Oh, I hope so. I wonder this morning, is heaven for you a no-so, or is heaven a hope-so? Would you have confidence in that gift of the life of Jesus for you? That you would know that you will be in heaven. You would know. Thirdly, Jesus declares through the scriptures we've just heard, that he is the way to the Father. I uh, had an early morning meeting uh, some time ago on UCB radio, and I had to get a really early train. Got into London, managed to get the train, and I I dashed into Marks and Spencer and got two beautiful buttery croissants, and... uh, I thought, great, I've got a lovely journey up to Stoke with my coffee and my uh, croissants. And I sat by myself thinking, whew, bit of space, bit of time just to read. And I sat at a table thinking, great, this is going to be great too. Buttery, lovely croissants. And just as the train is pulling away, a young man who's been up all night, he's a DJ, He's been doing his stuff in London. He rushes on and he joins me. And as I look at him, I think, oh no. I'm going to have to offer him (coughs) one of my (laughs) buttery croissants. And I sat there and I said, excuse me, uh, would you like... Tears started to fall. No, they didn't. But would you you like one of my croissants? He said, yeah, that would be great. I'm really hungry. And we spoke, it was as if we had arranged two weeks previously a meeting to talk about faith. And he was fascinated about what I do and why I was going to speak on the radio and what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. He said this to me, he said, listen, why do I need the son when I've got the father? And I humbly said to him, look, the news that I need to bring to you is you need the Son, without which you cannot know the Father. We desperately need the Son. We can't get there. This huge, whopping, great, big, unknowable, unsearchable, holy, beyond approach God. We need to be brought to him. You see, the word of God says that we are hidden in Christ. If, if we believe in Jesus, you see, we clothed ourselves with him and we're hidden in him. And he's the one that says, come on, let me bring you to the Father. 
And as we stand before the Father, he sees people who are spotless, who are holy. Why? Because of the Son. The first chapters of John reveal how Jesus does this, of Colossians, of Hebrews, of Revelation. You see the Jesus who we follow, who says he's the way. He is the Son who's made in who's God made flesh. He's the Son of, of the image of the invisible God. He's the, the Son that is the exact representation of God. He's the Son who is the beginning and the end. This Jesus whom we serve is the one that brings us to the Father. Fourthly, Jesus is the way to knowing the Father. I love the, uh, the, the bit of discourse that goes on in the scriptures that we've, we've seen with Thomas and then Philip. Thomas is saying, uh, have you got a bus route to where you're going? If you could just tell us the directions, what, what bus do we get? That's my interpretation, he's not saying. And then, and then you've got Philip, I think, you've, or the other way around, and, and he's saying, look, how do we know where you're going? How do we know the way to the Father? How do we get there? And Jesus says to him, he says, hang on a minute, you've been with me for so long and you're asking to, for me to show the Father. Well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, Jesus wonderfully shows us what God is like. Um, I wonder if you've ever struggled to get your head round, I'm sure... It, I'm really sure that each one of us have struggled to get your head around. What is God like? What's he like? What kind of stuff does he like? What does he like doing? If you struggle and you're wondering, what, what, what's God like? Well, read the Gospels, because when we read what Jesus is like, we read what God is like. We're lavishly brought to the Father by Jesus. Uh, 1 John 3, 1 declares how great the love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, it declares. I wonder if you know that this morning. I wonder if you know of the Spirit who cries out through you and enables you to call God Daddy. Romans 8 says that we've been given this gift, you see. That we should be able to cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, Father. I wonder this morning if you just know that you are loved and loved and loved some more. Jesus brings us to the Father who loves us. Lastly, Jesus says, I'm the way to a life of adventure. I can't quite get my head around the scripture when he says, you see the things that I've done? You're going to do greater things than these. Hang on a minute. Greater than what? Feeding the five thousand? Greater than seeing people raised from the... 
greater than healings and miracles. It always surprises me when I, with my heart pumping, I step out and pray for someone. I was on a prayer walk and uh, I got to a pub nearby, crossed over the fields, and I was with a mate and we didn't take anything to eat. We were really thirsty. It was a hot old day. And uh, we, we saw the pub, we were like, great, let's get something to eat, brilliant. Get to the pub and it's closed. And uh, we're like, oh, it's going to be a long walk back. But the landlord is outside and he says, sorry chaps, we're not open on a Monday, not allowed to get you anything. And he's limping in the garden and he says, what are you guys doing anyway? I said, oh, we're on a prayer walk. I might as well have said we're out jogging, juggling jelly. Because he was like, you are? You're on a prayer walk? Um, he was limping and uh, I said, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, see, we'll head off home. We'll see you later. And then I thought, hang on, I've just told him on a prayer walk. Perhaps I should pray for him. <laughs> I said, what's up with your leg? He goes, oh, no, it's not my leg. I woke up this morning. Oh, my foot, it's swollen up. Can't even tie my shoes. Oh, and I'm limping. And he's in pain. I said, do you want me to pray that for you? He goes, yeah, go on then. And I said the most baby-like prayer, Lord Jesus, would you take that pain away from this man's foot? Thank you that you love him. Amen. And then I said, listen, mate, um, we'll carry on praying for you because sometimes these things, they, they take time. He goes, hang on a minute. What did you beep him do? What did you beep him do? And he's walking like this. What did you do? It's better. And I said, Really? he said how how did it get better and I explained what Jesus is like that he heals people I spoke to him about God's love and that this was a sign that he loved him and knew him and his foot completely got better I could talk all day I won't I could talk all day with my heart racing, thinking, I'm going to look like an idiot. When I've prayed for people and God has met with them and healed them. Um, sometimes on a Sunday morning, we take church into the pub in the city centre of Peterborough. And uh, I took a, a, a beautiful music ensemble called Epiphany into Weatherspoons. They're concert hall musicians and they played Weatherspoons. And they play the most wonderful music. And uh, as they're playing around the pub and they're playing over people as they're eating their bracky and drinking their pints, one lady came up to me. She goes, excuse me, do that healing. I'm like, pardon? Do you do that healing? I'm like, oh, uh, do you mean like prayer for healing? She goes, yeah, oh, I've got pains here. I've got my arm. I was like, yeah, would you like us to pray for you? She went, yeah, go on then. She put her hands together, closed her eyes like a little girl at the end of a school assembly and stood there in the middle of the pub. It was busy. And I thought, oh, we better pray. Um, So I called one of the team over, Martha. Martha came over. We prayed over this lady. We said, amen. She opened her eyes. She went, excuse me, but what is that all over me? like what do you mean she goes oh look I've got goosebumps all over I feel so peaceful what's that I said oh that well that's God God is here with you and I'll always remember her words because she went what in the pub (laughs) 
There's such joy when we just recognise a life of adventure. I'm going to finish by sharing a story. Forgive me if you've heard it before, because it is the most wonderful story. It's a story of a 14-year-old girl. She was part of a hundred or so young people at a mission that I was part of in Milton Keynes. And they heard, uh, the hundred young people heard a story of how I'd given a 10p bouncy ball to 30 young people in Peterborough to go and trade it. And to trade it to bless my friend John, who sells the big issue, who needed some stuff for his flat that he just got. So they got an armchair, dog food, a balloon, cushions, duvets, cutlery, spoons. They got so much and brought it to John. Anyway, these people, young people in Milton Keynes, they liked that, but they didn't want to give a bouncy ball and trade a bouncy ball. They wanted a bottle of bubbles. So we gave them a 20p bottle of bubbles each. They went off. And as they went off, a 14-year-old girl thought that she might have just heard something from God. And she thought, perhaps, that God had told her to get a wedding dress. So she told her mates, and her mates went, yeah, as if. A wedding dress? She said, oh yeah, okay. After an hour, she traded a bottle of bubbles for an old jewellery box and a broken mirror. And then they passed the bridal shop. And she dared to go in and she walked up to the manager and said, excuse me, but I've got this broken mirror, an old jewellery box. Would you trade this for a wedding dress? The manager looked her in the eye and said, yeah, okay then. Uh, The 14-year-old girl thought she was playing and wasn't serious at all. So she played along and went, oh, okay, if I can have a wedding dress, which one can I have? And she said, you can choose one of the three over there. She said, well, I'll have the one in the middle. The manager said, okay. She got it down, packed it up. And it's then that this 14-year-old girl caught sight of how much it was, £1,190 worth of wedding dress given for a broken mirror and an old jewellery box. She called in her mates, her mates couldn't believe it. Uh, They said, we have to give you something else. Have you got a Bible? Uh, uh, The lady said, no, I haven't got a Bible. And they said, you have one of ours. They said, can we pray for you? And she said, I don't know what to do. I said, that's okay, we'll just pray. And they thanked God for her generosity. They went back with the hundred or so young people, gathered together with the wedding dress, with lots of other things. They had one prayer. Lord God, what do we do with this? That was Friday afternoon, Monday morning. The church gets a phone call, and it's a tragic phone call. You see, there's a couple that are getting married but the guy's really sick so they've had to bring the wedding forward to Wednesday do they know anyone who could lend them a wedding dress they gave the wedding dress to this lady Uh, it was the perfect fit the most perfect And she didn't know before trying on that wedding dress that there could be a God who knows her and loves her. But at that moment, and on their day of celebration yet heartache, 
They knew that God was with them. Twelve days later, the guy dies. He had faith. (laughs) And so did his bride. Because a 14-year-old girl dared to go on an adventure and believe that greater things, greater things, dared to believe that if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. You are the way. The way to a trouble-free heart. And for those of us this morning with troubled hearts, would you come to meet with us? Thank you that you are the way to heaven. You are the way to the Father. For those of us this morning that need to know the Father, we need to know that we're known and loved. Would you let us know that? And Lord, I thank you that you are the way to a life of adventure. And for those of us who are bored, those of us who are a bit stuck, would you lift us and bring us to that life of adventure of following you in your slipstream? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.